Kyle Brandt's Basement is brought to you by Caesar Sportsbook. Kyle Brandt's Basement, half of it is Kyle Brandt's gym, and I could lock myself in here and use it as a gym for the next 70 years, and I wouldn't even approach to look like the Jets head coach looks. Oh my God. Emergency segment. We just wiped the format clean just minutes before we started this show. We saw images of Bob Sala on a golf course, and I will never unsee them, nor do I want to. We have to get into that immediately. We're going to do it 30 seconds from now. Also, we're going to talk about Rodgers. Hey, Rodgers, kind of a weird guy. We get it. I'm tired of the stories. I don't know. I need to hear about crystals. Get out of here. Also, I had an adventure last night with my family that might be relatable for you. It's part of our What's Hilarious, and we're here all kinds of brand awareness, all kinds of fun stuff. It's Kyle Brand Spaceman on a Thursday. Let's get right to Bob Sala, what I love, what I hate, and what's hilarious. Let's go. So we're all just constantly scanning because we're lemmings and zombies and lab rats and we're just scanning through the phone one image after another after another. You ever have one you're like, whoa, and I don't mean as uh, someone that you're attracted to, although this is close. I, I just mean something sports wise. I was doing it. I was scanning maybe a half an hour ago and I stopped on a dime when I saw what of all the images. All the sorted images that the World Wide Web could put on my telephone. I stopped at a picture of the New York Jets head coach, Mr. Robert Sala. And in fact, it was three pictures of him on the golf course, looking like some sort of bald-headed Lou Ferrigno. If you're watching this right now, if you're not watching, if you're listening to The Basement, get on over to the YouTube. Because that is where we will show you that. And the striation. And the sinew and the tricep and the bicep. That is an NFL head coach. Oh my God. He's so vascular and arterial. And there needs to be these giant Lincoln Tunnel sized arteries running through those pipes to supply that much musculature with the sufficient blood. Look at Bob. Oh my God. I love these pictures. I just am stunned. We've seen some coaches who have their stuff together. We've seen some guys who are fit. We're all numb to it. Everybody looks perfect on Instagram. Everyone's tan and jacked and filtered and blah. That is the head coach of the New York Bleepin' Jets looking like he is going to physically lift this city up on his shoulders. And there's no reason why he should look like this. Let me give you the reasons why Robert Sala should not look like a He-Man action figure. Reason number one, he's 44 years old. 44 years old. Robert Sala was born exactly one week after me. He was born January 31st, 1979. I'm January 24th. I can gain nine pounds in one weekend if I want to. Easily. I can roll over and gain nine pounds. I could take one week off of lifting weights and I, I, I look like somebody from South Park. Cartman. Same age. He has no business looking like that at that age. I love it. Reason number two. Robert Sala has seven kids. I said seven kids. Do you understand the weight gaining punching power that even one child has? Not only in a distraction of your attention and a sapping of your sleep, it's all the caloric payload that each of them bring. 
It's, it's innumerable chicken nuggets, innumerable fruity pebbles, candy. It's, it's the holidays right now. It's Passover. It's Easter. There's all kinds of calories that come with that that the kids love. And even if you run a tight household, which I have a feeling the Salas do, in which you're calorically restrictive, it seeps its way in. They go to school. It comes back. You finish their lunch. You finish their dinner. You help themselves to some of their candy after they go to sleep. Kids are the most fattening things in the world. It's not donuts. It's not pizza. It's children. It's your offspring. Wildly fat. He has seven kids. So not only the caloric, not only the stress, not only the lack of sleep, the time. The time. How do you work out? Because when he goes to work, he has 53 kids who are all the players. And he's got a whole bunch of them who are assistant coaches. I cannot find the way to describe and examine and dissect his day where he can lift enough weights to look that good. I know Wahlberg is like an alien. He gets a 2 a.m. lift and a 4 a.m. lift and a 4.30 a.m. prey and everything. This guy's got to figure out a way to beat the Bills, which he did last year. I just, he shouldn't, the, the seven kids. The coaching lifestyle, not only the time commitment and the stress about, oh my God, we have to win a game this week and we haven't won in a couple weeks and this guy's injured and our quarterback sucks and what are we going to do? There's also this whole thing about, there's always food around. I've seen these coaches in these meetings, they grab a quick slice of pepperoni as they run out to the, the individuals and their positional meetings and they, oh, they walk on the treadmill for five minutes, but then they got to watch some tape and they're all just so stressed and so consumed. The coaching lifestyle is disgusting. Part of that is being a vagabond. Robert Sala has moved seven times during his professional coaching career. Seven which means he's constantly uprooting himself and his family and moving, and maybe he belongs to a gym when he's a lower-end coach, and he's got to quit that gym membership, which is impossible to do, start a new one. He's he, he, Moving is unbelievably stressful, unbelievably disruptive. The first thing that goes is your workout routine, especially when you're moving with seven kids or six or five or three or four, however many he had when he started this. He's moving constantly. You don't even know where to work out. You imagine going in to move into your 12th house in the last three years, and your wife and your so many kids and you're like, she's like, where are you going? Honey? He's like, well, I have to go get some upper body. And no, you don't get back here and unpack, unpack these boxes and then give a bottle to the baby. Unbelievable. Um, I just am stunned by this. Let me see some more. Let's not keep cycling through the same pictures. I want to see some more. Um, hot seat, other fit and or jacked coaches. Sean McDermott, hot seat. He's washboard, he's sinewy, he's in shape like hell. You're not packing this kind of firepower, Sean. Same division, too. Sean McVay used to be the standard. Robert Sala makes Sean McVay look like Peter Griffin. It's not even close. I love you, McVay. 5 a.m. workouts. And you can tell me whatever you want. Oh, he's on the juice. No, he's not. He's on TRT. I don't care if he's on Gamma Rays, guys. That's a 44-year-old brick bleep house who coaches the New York Jets. Unbelievable. I just feel like if there was a crisis situation with the Jets one Sunday in which players were just getting hurt and dropping left and right and left and right, you know, look at the Niners quarterback situation in the playoffs where they were lining up anybody to play quarterback. If there was a crisis situation, don't you feel that Robert Sala could run into the dressing room, pick out some pads, put on a jersey, and just give you some snaps at fullback, maybe a goal line linebacker? Who the hell knows? His, his football background is actually very modest. Played in a smaller program in Michigan where he was a tight end. Incredible. I have some insider information about these photographs, too. I have a source with the New York Jets, and I'm not even being funny. You want to know what's funny about these? This was not taken last week. 
This was taken in an event last year. These pictures have been sitting on the shelf for a while. The Jets just put them out because it's Masters weekend. So he conceivably could be even more jacked than he was then and more fit than he was then. I also said, now is this just a photo shoot? Is he actually playing around? I asked my source. Or is he out there, you know, doing a photo shoot on a golf course for which he starved himself for three days and he knocked out 90 push-ups right before the picture was taken? I know those tricks. I used to do it during the soap opera shoots. I do it before this show sometimes. I said, no, it's in the middle of a round. He's greeting people. He's talking to people. There were people watching. This is him normal. He doesn't have a pump on. He didn't knock out and do some, some dips against some chair so he can make the triceps jump. This is him au natural. I cannot believe what I'm looking at. Awesome. And I have to tell you this. Here's my hot take on this. This is one of the coolest images in Jets history. I mean the entire history. On the field, off the field, that's it. You got number one, Joseph Willie Namath running off the field after the Super Bowl upset, wagging his finger, okay? Incredible. You got Bart Scott standing there talking to Sal Pal, headed to the title game after a big upset of the Patriots. Can't wait. And then I think you have Robert Sala standing on the golf course, looking like, a, I don't know, some sort of Avenger or something. That's it. And I'm not even being facetious. I think that's the one of the coolest images ever. Every down ever played for the Jets. I'm putting this in it. I really am. Name one that is cooler, that is more representative. I'm not saying it's a great compliment that one of the greatest images in the entire multi-decade history of your franchise is your coach standing on a golf course. That's not the point. The point is your coach standing on a golf course looks awesome. The Jets coach could beat up your coach. The Jets coach could out-incline press your coach. I'm looking at that lower body. I wish we were letting those things sing. I wish he had some shorts that day. I want to see him on the hip sled. I want to see him on the calf raise because I don't think this is one of these bicep beach tough guys. Everything I hear about Sala is he is a low body fat guy. He is a total body fitness guy. This is not gym tan laundry. This is my body is a temple and I'm a leader of men and I will lead by example. And if I'm putting in this much work, what are our franchise players going to put in? God, he looks good. Looks amazing. Seven kids. Wonderful marriage. How do you find the time? I mean, that's got to be at least a good hour a day. It's amazing. I'm completely enamored with the fact that he is that fit and that strong at that age and that job with that family. God bless you, Robert Sala. Man. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna look at these. When this show's over, I'm just gonna look at these pictures. This is like some of my new pictures, favorite pictures in sports. You could have the uh, Michael Jordan dunking from the free throw line, you know, Bo Jackson with the shoulder pads on and the bat. Uh, you know, whatever, LeBron throwing up the chalk, Tiger doing the fist pump. I'm looking at Robert Sala just standing there somewhere in Jersey, busting out of his shirt. God, he looks great. A little smile on his face like, yeah, I know how good I look. I put the work in. God bless you, Robert Sala. Beautiful. Just bleeping beautiful. J-E-T-S. Jacked. 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 Let's get to what I hate.
Uh, Aaron Rodgers does not play for Robert Sala yet. He looks like he was going to soon. Did you know that Aaron Rodgers is eccentric, unique, and has some odd habits that aren't usually uh, found in NFL quarterbacks? He does. I'm tired of hearing about it. I actually hate hearing about it. The, the, la the latest one is some um, parasite, I mean some uh, photojournalist in California camped outside some uh, crystal store in Malibu or wherever and got a picture of 12 coming out of a, a store that sells healing crystals. And he's got a bag in his hand. It looks like he bought something. And now the big story is that uh, he was leaving Topanga Rocks Crystal Shop in Los Angeles. Uh, and quote, we see him holding a small bag as he left the store, which sells crystals, jewelry, stone goods, and other design elements from around the world. All right, so let me just, let's just put this out here right now. Aaron Rodgers has unique personal habits. It doesn't mean he's a weirdo. It means he is unique amongst his peers. I don't think Patrick Mahomes is shopping at the same store uh, or Josh Allen or Justin Fields or pick any other quarterback. Beat of his own drummer. And it's like there's these low-hanging fruit candies that everyone loves to pick about. Oh, look, he does this now. He, Guys, is it news anymore? Wouldn't it be news if Aaron Rodgers wasn't going to the Crystal Store? Wouldn't it be news if Aaron Rodgers was walking out of a Target? You know? <laughs> Look at Aaron Rodgers uh, walks out of a Cracker Barrel with a to-go box. Now, that would be news. There's Aaron Rodgers at the Macaroni Grill. That's news. Him walking out of the Crystal Store, that's just a Wednesday. That's what he does. Yes, he sat in darkness for days. Guys, it's not going to be the end of it. He has reached the point where he is trying to find alternative ways to get in touch with his mind, and I don't relate to them whatsoever. My alternative way is to try to reflect and get some get in touch with my mind and to try to get a little relaxation and just a, a hot minute of concentration is I go into the guest bathroom and I do what I got to do and I wait in there until I'm called out by my wife or one of my kids just walks in. That's my darkness retreat. But Rogers, and you know what the thing is? I don't think he is that weird amongst his peers. That, that word weird, what does that even mean? Of course he is in the starting quarterbacks, I just mentioned that, but I don't consider those guys really even his peers. I consider Aaron Rodgers true peers and true contemporaries. Let's just think, tell me if you think there's anything unusual about these people. Russell Wilson? You think that guy might be a little strange, a little unusual, a little unique? Yeah, I mean, we have exhausted that topic. Unusual guy, unusual habits. Tom Brady, hugely unusual. The way he conducts his nutrition, the way he conducts his, his lifestyle, his social media, it's not bad, it's just he is not a normal guy. In the men in black world where Will Smith was running around with Tommy Lee trying to find aliens among us, like Tom Brady is one of those aliens and so is Aaron Rodgers. Look, Peyton Manning, unusual guy as a player. He, he, is, he is meat and potatoes and All-American and everybody loves him and we're here working for him. As a player, he was obsessive. Obsessive. As an executive, I think he is obsessive. That is unique. That is his version of going to the Crystal Store. I saw the story yesterday where Eli went on McAfee and said that uh, he and Peyton exchanged voice memos when they're watching games get ready for the Manning cast. And Eli says he sends him a couple minutes and then Peyton sends a 47-minute memo. That is him buying the crystals. That is what he is into. That gets him going. That is how he is fulfilled. 
Aaron Rodgers feels there's healing power in the crystals. Uh, if he even bought a crystal, what am I feeding into this story for? Maybe he bought a, back, a pack of gum. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he bought some Trident. Or he bought a present for someone who he knows is into that stuff. I, d I don't like the coverage of it. It's reached so far beyond... You know, Bill Simmons refers to something he created a long time ago called the Tyson Zone. Where athletes enter the Tyson Zone whereby... There's really no headline that you wouldn't believe because for a while when Tyson was biting ears off and then eventually getting face tattoos and all that stuff, you would just see it and be like, yeah, it sounds right, as crazy it may be. Rogers is just to this point where he is completely unapologetic and secure in what he's pursuing and his what he needs to feel comfortable. And there's no headline that you wouldn't believe. If you, if you heard next week that Aaron Rodgers was going on a brightness retreat in which you sit in a house for three days and you were just blasted with super strong ultraviolet light and once you looked at the light long enough your senses become keener and your eyes adjust and it heightens your awareness wouldn't you believe it and he's like yeah this is the second half this is you had the yin with the darkness this is the yang with the, the brightness now i'm in a brightness retreat I, i'd be like yeah good I, i'm glad to, i'm glad to see it but next go on a technicolor retreat and a black and white retreat a loudness retreat where they just blast you with noise and you're it helps your hearing eventually. Then do a, a, a vow of silence and then be a, a never nude, like an arrested development. Just do whatever you need to do, but there's nothing that wouldn't surprise me. I honestly think on the Aaron Rodgers scale of pursuing whatever he needs to do to feel comfortable and have focus and identity, walking out of a parking lot with a crystal store with a bag is a 1.5. I, I, and yet I saw, I saw it fill many different segments of many different shows today, one of which I work on in the morning. And, I, and I'm over it. Rogers is so weird. You're weird. I don't know. Who cares? Who isn't weird? Rogers has just stopped apologizing for it. I actually like it. He's not really trying to be cool. He's like, yeah, listen, I, I'm, I'm into different stuff. You can, why don't you be curious about it? Maybe you'd be into it. I am into it. I will get... <laughs> In fact, if anybody has any of those crystals, I would set some up, up around here. Quartz, emerald, whatever. Apparently they have powers. Zero scientific proof behind it at all, but that's not what it's about. I'd set up crystals. Who am I to judge? I hate the, the stories. We're not doing any more Rogers weird stories unless it's to talk about people who are making fun of Rogers for being weird, and we'll make fun of them. In the meantime, let's get to what's hilarious. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, you know, I got to get up really early in the morning, almost inhumanly early. I get up usually around 4.15 every single day. So the idea of an evening activity the night before on Tuesday or Wednesday, Monday is really unappealing to me and sometimes even appalling. And I'm just talking about, can we go out to dinner with, um, you know, 
Chris and Tracy, and we'll get home early. I'm like, oh man, I'm gonna push my schedule. I'm not gonna get enough sleep. Like I, I'm, I'm a little bit ornery like that. However, a week ago, when my wonderful wife said, so, and I'm like, oh, here we go. Next Wednesday, oh no. At 7.30, oh no! I can't, it's gonna ruin my whole month. Since the kids are on spring break, no, just say it, what are we doing? That we are gonna go to medieval times. I was like, oh, sweet, I'm in. Last night, on a Wednesday night, <laughs> in April, April 6th, 2023, I went to medieval times with my wife, with my nine-year-old, with my six-year-old, and with a few other families and their kids, and it was hilarious, and it was excellent, and that product is still kicking. I have to tell you, medieval times is a good time. It is. If you know what you're getting into, and even if you don't, you wanna see me with some knights afterwards? Bring up the picture. This is me, this is the yellow knight, and this is the red and yellow knight. <laughs> After the show, which was a great show, I got my crown. I should have brought my crown down for the show. I left it up in my closet. And you're just magically transported away to a different era of knights and round tables and kings. If you can ignore the giant flat screen TV and the bar and the slushies and the souvenirs standing right behind us. If you can block all that out, you really are transported. But I loved it. I really did love it. It's got some WWE to it. It's got certainly some Renaissance fair. It's got a little bit of American gladiators and it has actual sports. All the while you are just tr trying, con they're trying constantly to sell you liquor constantly because they got to make some money. The kids are going crazy. So if you don't know medieval times, you go in this little arena and personally, you know, I had my reservations about eating food in the same place where horses are. I mean, you, I'm sitting there having chicken 23 feet away from a horse is just dumping all over the ground. It's a little bit weird. It gets moist in that arena. But they come out and they do this whole show and you're seated in one of six sections and it's color-coded. You're the blue section, the yellow section, the, the green section, whatever. And then your knight represents your section. And it really does work as a gimmick because we're in the red section. And I tell you, when that red knight comes out, these kids lose their minds. These adults lose their minds. I was screaming in full voice last night for the red knight. Also, when the black and white knight comes out, you're booing. Screw him. I hope he loses. Cut his head off, red knight. I'm rooting for you. It's awesome. You really get engaged. And they do these legitimate competitions first where they're like trying to throw the spear and hit the target or they're trying to have the joust and catch the little ring that's hanging above them. If they get the ring, they win. And that's actually real sporting with the, these knights who are trained riders. They figure out and they compete against each other. And then it gives way to the actual combat, which is more pro wrestling where, you know, one of them gets hit by a joust and just falls off the horse very athletically. And then they fight and they have sword fights and, and you're screaming like on the edge of your seat. It's really cool. And in the meantime, for my demographic, if you want, you can make cable guy jokes and cable guy references to the servers. And the servers call you my lord, which is kind of fun and like kind of hot in a way. And they bring you Diet Pepsi, which is a little weird, but they're constantly saying, can I bring you any cocktails to the bar? Any cocktails to the bar? And I wasn't drinking last night, so I hear you and I understand. I know you're trying to push the booze, but I'm trying to watch the Red Knight take a championship here. It's a great product, and I don't think, I think it has a special place for all of us because I think there's a large percent of us who have a memory who went, and you went in fifth grade, 
or I even heard that like school field trips would go in sixth grade. Or you went, I remember the first time I went, I went with my soccer team when I was about 11 years old. I went at 11 years old, thought it was magical. And then I went at 26 years old with my like 20 year old friends and we went on a party bus and did it ironically and just got hammered and showed up and kind of made fun of it. That wasn't quite as fun, but last night was great. It was great. It's the true show. And I'm like, I'm not being paid by Medieval Times. I'm not a sponsor. I just had respect for them. Because, look, they've been in the game for 40 years. They've survived a lot of changes. They got through COVID. And it, there's nothing political about it. There's nothing offensive. I don't think. It's just the knights, like, having sword fights. And there's a king. And there's a princess. And they have cool armor. And they have horses. And they have food. And they have booze. And they have kids cheering. It's awesome. It was great. It was like the circus, kind of, except imagine if the elephants and the tigers fought. Hell, yeah. That'd be great. But they didn't kill each other. They just had a nice, like, wrestling match with weapons, and then they separate them, and that's the medieval times. So great. And we got through it without buying any souvenirs. They sell all these swords and shields and veils and all the crowns, and, like, Brooke and I were just, we're not buying the stuff. One of our kids cried about that, but who cares? It was a win. A win. Great night at medieval times. I have been to three medieval times in three different states. The state of Illinois, the state of California, and now the beautiful garden state of New Jersey. It was like a hour, 10 minute drive from where I live, but only 42 minutes on the way back because the traffic was gone. I've had way worse Wednesday nights. I really have. I liked it. Respect to them. I think the performers were good. They do these, they projected on the microphone. They have these cool accents. They all knew their dialogue. The nights were athletic. The sword fighting was actually pretty hard. I was like, how are they not getting hurt? They're swinging the crap out of that mace at that guy. They could really put an eye out. Good show, good atmosphere. You know, there's nobody punching each other in the stands. There was no viral videos at all of like fights. <laughs> Everyone was just having fun, eating chicken. Chicken's surprisingly good, I hate it. And watching some knights. Red Knight did not take the victory. He was very good in the skills competition, but once the sort of pseudo-combat part came in. He just got walloped twice by the Red and Yellow Knight, who was the heel in there. So I loved it. I've gotten to go to Super Bowls many times. I'm not saying it was the Super Bowl, but I'm saying when I looked at my nine-year-old and the six-year-old, they would have rather have been there at Red Knight versus Green Knight than at Chiefs versus Eagles. That was a win. Unbelievable night. Medieval times. Who knew? Let's get into something we call brand awareness, where we keep uh, myself aware of all the headlines that I might have missed. Let's roll it. Michael Flynn, super producer, how you doing? Um, I got questions for you. First of all, this is kind of an interesting brand awareness. I usually know what the topics are. In many segments we do, I don't know what you're about to present me with. And that includes today's brand awareness, which we've changed on it. And you're just going to give me items that I didn't know or haven't read or prepared for? Uh, that's correct. You know, usually we try to fill it with football topics and you're right, you're giving away our secrets, but you and I usually talk about them ahead of time. But this time, A, if you're looking for football news, this is not the segment for you. Uh, B, I found three topics that I am confident are in your wheelhouse and that you will enjoy talking about. Batter up. What do you got? Let's get into them. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I shared with you that a beloved by some, including yourself, Easter treat was partnering with a super product as Peeps flavored Pepsi was hitting the shelves for Easter. Yeah. And today I have another one for you. Tomorrow in the UK, Subway, the sandwich empire, will debut the Cadbury cream egg Easter sandwich. 
The six-inch sandwich is made on Italian white bread and has the chocolate cream egg melted in the middle of it. Only 500 of these sandwiches will be made, and it's only available in the UK. If you had the option, would you be eating one? Let me get this straight. It's bread and Cadbury eggs. There's no turkey. There's no sweet onion, chicken teriyaki. It's effectively a dessert sandwich that's just bread and Cadbury eggs. That, that is it. It's a leaky, runny chocolate sandwich. I've seen worse. <laughs> In the frankenfood industry, I've seen worse. Of course, it's disgusting. You know how you know it's disgusting, Flynn, as we're looking at the picture of it now? Even the picture looks disgusting, and they always make the picture look good. Like, they have professionals and lighting and filters, and so when they show you a Whopper or whatever, it looks like this Rembrandt with the lettuce is just so crisp. Even the picture of this looks like roadkill. It actually looks like a cheesesteak because of the meat and the cheese, and maybe that's what they were going for. When I first came and saw the picture, I thought it was one of their normal sandwiches, which then had a Cadbury egg on it, like a, you know, a six inch turkey with provolone with the Cadbury egg. And then I'm like, oh my God, like that's, that's something Dan Orlovsky would eat. What do you mean you don't put a Cadbury egg on your six inch sandwich? And I love you, Dan, you have unusual food taste. <laughs> but uh, I've seen worse, as long as you keep it clean, it's basically bread and chocolate. And I'm not a Cadbury egg guy, it's not my treat of choice. I wouldn't order it, I would be disgusted by someone who would order it, I'm kind of ashamed I'm even talking about it because I know that's what Subway's going for. But in the in the sins of the Frankenfood Instagram reaching industry, this is nowhere near the KFC double down. This is just chocolate and bread, which is, yeah, of course it's weird, but I'm not disgusted by it. Am I wrong, Flynn? Uh, yeah, I think you're wrong. I, I am a Cadbury <laughs> chocolate guy. I've never had a Cadbury cream egg, but I've had plenty of Cadbury chocolate. Um, that is gross. Uh, bread and yeah. chocolate and not, I mean, I get that cookies are bread and chocolate. Cake is bread and chocolate. Um, but sandwich bread and chocolate, that's absolutely yeah. disgusting. It almost feels like there's no like texture in the middle of it. It's just like grossness. Yeah. Well, you know, people do that Nutella. On, on breakfast bread, you know, they do bagels, or I, I guess, I don't know, or like croissants. And I, I've messed with that a few times, but it does seem like this, this set, whatever that country white or whatever the hell they call that bread and the Nutella like, are not friends. They shouldn't be someone talking at a party, but be damned with it. They're going to get after it. Uh, maybe you're right. Yeah, I'm not a Nutella guy either. Uh, up next, mm. I have two two upcoming projects from Warner Brothers that hit close to home for you. They are in talks to create an HBO Max series of Harry Potter. It would reportedly be a seven-season run, with each season being based on each book. Warner Brothers also in talks to develop Heat 2. The sequel to the first mm. movie ever watched in the Josh Allen Film Festival would actually be based on the book that Michael Mann wrote and could possibly star Adam Driver as a young Neil McCauley. Are you excited for Harry Potter the series heat two or both i have conflicted feelings about the harry potter thing it's just they they made this i, I read all the books i've read all the books twice i've seen all the movies a million times a really big potter head um those children for i think maybe even billions of people meaning daniel radcliffe and rupert grant and emma watson they are those characters they, that's that's what you look at through the course of eight movies it's like as if you 
did a Star Wars series and you cast new people as same age Luke Skywalker and Han Solo and Princess Leia, it, it's a little, it's tempting it a little bit. Like it's it's really tempting everyone's dreams to die and then be like, no, that's not Harry Potter. I've seen Harry Potter. He's that kid. But I do like the idea that, I mean, as a fan of the books, that if they spent one season on every book, they could really get every single little detail that all the Harry Potter nerds like me like. So I'm into that. I mean, I'll, I'll probably watch it. All right, and I'm going to try it, and I'm going to see how I feel about it. I've also got my kids coming up now who are just starting to get ready to read the Harry Potter books. So kind of all over the map. I'm in an emotional place about the Harry Potter thing. Just one request. When they do the series... And they're including every storyline. There's this terrible storyline where Hermione starts to be this advocate for house elf rights. And she starts a little group. I think it's called Spew. And I think that's what it's called. It's a, it's a really annoying storyline. Nobody likes that storyline. I'm just going to speak for the whole world. Don't include that. But everything else should be fine. And I want to see Harry winning the Quidditch World Cup. Um, amazing. The, the House Cup. The Heat thing. So, Flynn is... Is it De Niro and Pacino? No, right? Like it can't be them. Is it? Are they it, supposed to play it, the same parts? So the book, the book is actually Heat Two, and it details the lives of the characters both before and after the movie takes place. So I doubt De Niro and Pacino are in it. You've got Driver playing Macaulay is the De Niro part, right? Mm, yeah. Well, also, I mean, you can't have Val Kilmer as Chris. I, I don't know if Ashley Judd is showing up. Hank Azaria, is it Henry Rollins going to reprise this role? I, I don't know. I, I'm a little concerned. I heard the book is very cool, but um, I don't need any more Robert De Niro. Like we're we're about we're a couple months away from seeing Harrison Ford play Indy again, and I'm a little nervous about that. I don't need to see Neil McCauley as Robert De Niro. Once I saw him beat up that guy outside of the deli in The Irishman, and it was rough. I think I'm good on that. So. Heat is one of my favorite movies of all time. I'm not really looking for a sequel. Maybe I'm maybe I'm in a wet blanket, but I'll read the book first. Yeah, I'm so-so on the Heat sequel. Uh, I'm all for the Harry Potter series. I get what you're saying about the three child actors and people growing yeah. up with them. I trust HBO to go, do a good job of it. I love, like you said, 10 episodes hour each. They get a lot of story in there. I'm like looking forward. You know there's going to be like a Hagrid standalone episode that's just going to be great. Yeah. So I, I'm, yeah. I'm fully excited and yeah. on board for the Harry Potter God, series. That's going to be big. That's going to yeah. be big. Uh, finally, one last one. Some tooth fairy discussion for any parents out there yeah. listening. Delta Dental of Illinois, which is a dental insurance company that has been analyzing the tooth fairy's giving trends in the United States for 25 mm -hmm. years, reports mm -hmm. that the average national cash gift from the tooth fairy has hit a record $6.23 per tooth. Mm. Since the original Tooth Fairy poll began tracking data, the average cash gift has surged 379% from $1.30 in 1998 <laughs> to $6.23 this year. Kyle, what do you make of all that? Uh, first of all, I, I don't make as much as those people, I guess, because I give less than that. We go pretty hard on the Tooth Fairy, and this is a wheelhouse topic, Flynn, because my kids have lost about 16 teeth in the last six months. And since the very first one, we decided we're going to make the Tooth Fairy special. And we, Brooke goes and gets these gold coins. You have to go to the bank and their gold coin is worth a dollar. And it's this special kind of gold coin. I don't even know what it's called, but it's, it's really shiny. It looks like from a pirate treasure and it's worth a dollar. And we give them five of them. And we put a, a note from the tooth fairy and we tape the coins to it so they don't rustle around in bed. So we give $5, but put a lot of effort into it. So we are below the national average 
And we feel very proud of the work we've done with our Tooth Fairy stuff. Now, when they lose three, tooth, three teeth in like three weeks, the final note is like, wow, a <laughs> lot of teeth here. You're, my wings are getting tired. It's like you have to try to really try to get creative at the end. But listen, you have about 300 children's teeth in your ch children in your, in your house right now. What do you do? I do, maybe more. Um, we fell into a trap with our first one where somebody said that for your first tooth, you get $20. And that's apparently a thing in our town. So the first okay. one has yeah. always been 20 And everything after that is honestly very inconsistent. And whatever the amount of cash we have on us is, <laughs> it, it, it can range from a couple bucks to five bucks to if we only have a 10, yeah. that kid's getting a 10. My philosophy on it, and this is actually something we've talked about before. Remember, we had a family confessional where a mother uh, confessed that she uses that money. I forget if she said to pay the delivery person or something, but we do that yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. So our philosophy, since my kid's not paying cash for anything whenever they want a Fortnite yeah. skin or Roblox or yeah. whatever stupid thing they do, it's coming out of our credit card anyway. That cash just keeps circulating and we don't end up losing as much as we think we do, but we probably yeah. do. Kids are expensive. Yeah, the Tooth Fairy is going to start Venmoing because while you're talking, I reached into my wallet right here and I just saw how much cash I have. Look at this like pathetic little, I have a 10, a 5, and two twos. So if the kid loses the tooth, they're like, oh my God, we were watching TV. I didn't, I forgot to do the tooth fairy. How much money do you have on you? <laughs> I have $17 and we would like, you know, put a five and want to crumple up one or something. It's so pathetic, especially when you get to the subsequent kids and not the first kid. And what happens is the 20 buck thing, that's almost like, I, I know a bunch of people, like you'll see that, oh, hey, Katie, I heard you lost the tooth. And she shows you, did the tooth fairy come? Yes. What did you get from the tooth fairy? 20 bucks. And my kids are saying like, what the hell? And we only got five. I'm like, yeah, but you got five magical coins. And they're like, who cares? I'd rather have 20 normal dollars. So we're trying to sell it hard, but we're in like the, the heyday of tooth losing right now. So that's a really fascinating number. 623 is the average. What I like is that if that's the average and you and I alone know some $20 people, that means there's still some like quarter of tooth people down there who are bringing the average yeah. down. One quarter per tooth. So God bless them. Yeah, I, I admire you guys that you have your you know what together to have sort of yeah. a little bit of a system. Sort of. um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a crazy thing. And then you run into all kinds of stuff like that. My Calvin lost a tooth on vacation. So then we're like, well, we need the uniformity of the gold coins and we can't get them right now. Like, so does the tooth fairy come and leave a note in his hotel room pillow that says, I'll see you when you get home? Or do we say the tooth fairy doesn't go on, but it's just, just lies. You're just lying we, to the kids, just streaming together bull crap. <laughs> we, we, we go the tech, we go the text route that we have, we have all these, um, beings numbers and if you're good if you're bad if you're on vacation any of that we'll just text them and that that'll solve all our problems you can text the tooth fairy or like the easter yep. bunny or santa and all that yep don't they demand to see the phone like they call you on your stuff sometimes no not yet we're, we're pretty they probably fact of the matter is they probably know and are just really yeah. outsmarting us well that if you can text santa claus then that means you can facetime him why don't you facetime him right now well, he's very busy, son. He's making toys. <laughs> <It's so stupid. laughs> um, all right. Well, that was a great brand awareness. Talked about Cadbury eggs and Harry Potter and teeth. That's the kind of way I like to do it. 
Thank you, Flynn. We'll see you tomorrow, bud. Appreciate you. Hopefully the teeth don't fall out tonight on your kids. I'm going to throw a dart. I'm going to do this quickly. It's one of our longer episodes. I think I'm still talking about Robert Sala's deltoids. The number for today. I still have never hit a bullseye. 18 is the number. What is topic number 18 that we end the show with? I don't see these before I do it. I just riff it. 18, go to, Pelot go, oh, go to Peloton class slash instructor. All right. It's perfect because I go to uh, get on the Peloton over here. So um, people are very opinionated about this, and I am too. I don't let the Peloton instructor dictate what I choose. I actually let the music dictate what I choose. So a couple of years back when I started really doing this sucker, you can scan music type and there's everything. It's pop and 80s and R&B, hip hop, whatever you want. There's really only one instructor who consistently does metal. I enjoy heavy metal, aggressive, loud music, especially when I'm exercising. And every time I click the metal filter, it brings me to Kendall Tool. If you ride Peloton, you know Kendall Tool. Awesome, huge personality, totally unapologetic, completely secure, high energy, very theatrical sometimes around the holidays. Great workout. And um, she usually, she'll do like, 30 minute metal ride, or sometimes it's 90 metal ride, and she's wearing a Metallica shirt, and it's not all just the normal hits from FM radio in 1992 either. Sometimes it's deep album tracks, or things that only diehards know, so it feels legit. And it gets you through the workout, and that's it. Now, Kendall Tool is like this very tan, like very attractive blonde, so it feels like, yeah, your wife comes in and sits down the Peloton, and she's like, oh, really, that's your instructor? I'm telling you, I don't care who it is, it's, I just wanna hear the metal. I can't, the, the metal dictates the choice, I promise, my dear. Everybody has instructors, Kendall Tool, I'm part of the Tool Shed. In fact, maybe I'll do it right after the show. I'm already here. Guys, thank you, really fun show. Robert Sala's probably doing Peloton right now with a 50 pound dumbbell in each hand, alternating reps as he gets another 20 miles on the Peloton. What a man, what a beautiful, beautiful man. What a beautiful audience you are. I love you, miss you, thank you, share, subscribe, like, tweet, post, blah, blah, blah. Exit through the garage, close the door on your way out. Bye, guys.